Cross Politic begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is King of Kings, and it's about time our nation return in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right When the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. <coughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, well, I don't think we have enough vape going on. Right we are so <laughs> glad that you guys could join us. We have some very fun and special guests in our studio. In our studio today, our, our brothers from another mother. Our yeah, brothers from another mother. That's right. Hey, Tune you know, back. I use that. We use the Piper quote first. What's that? Sure, y'all. We did it better. Ooh. The Piper that? quote. Oh, we had that. We had an Apologia radio like early on. The Piper quote. What oh, was that on there? Yeah, we had it first. Oh, man. <laughs> it's cool, man. You, 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 named it, you named it and claimed it. Oh, yeah, the name claimed one of yeah. our quotes. Oh, we intro. blabbed it first. Okay, yeah. Yeah. you guys just grabbed it. Well, yeah, I Second. mean, don't they say like, um, right. if you steal something from somebody else, is the highest level of uh, it's good. flattery? Flattery. Yeah, right? yeah. So you guys are pretty flattered. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so we got we got two Baptists and a Presbyterian with Woo! us. There's some joke. What was in there? Oh, no. Somewhere. Wait, are we outnumbered yeah. by Presby's right now? You always Ooh, outnumbered. Marcus is loving us. We're in Moscow. We're Marcus is loving us. We're gonna start like this. Marcus is like, I'm doing a radio show with more Presby's than Baptists. I know. It's a, it's a, it's a great feeling. It just. You're always outnumbered by Presbyterians, and what you guys don't even know is that you're Presbyterians too. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, don't tell James White that you are yet. <laughs> but you guys are Presbyterian. You guys don't know it yet, but you're absolutely Presbyterians. Oh, okay. You're, you're honorary Presbyterians in one sense. <laughs> okay, but, I appreciate but, that. But but you guys function. I like the, I like the honorary Presbyterian. I'll I, take I, that. I can handle you, that. The way you guys function as a church and a, a, a church body and a family, you guys are more Presbyterian. And, and than, with alcohol yeah. and smokes, now, I mean it's. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's come on. I mean, come I mean, on. Yeah. Well, we are the tattoo and booze church. Yeah, that's true. If you read the discernment bloggers. <laughs> that's your back side. That's the identity Baptist problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, we're working that one out, you know. So so we also have uh, a friend coming on uh, for our interview. Yeah, Pastor Luke Walker from Richfield, Minnesota, uh, married my cousin. So I like the guy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's going to come in and talk about... Um, Oh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blow it yet. I'll save it for the end of the segment. Basically, a slave reformer. Mm. There we go. Mm. Stop there. Just, Stop just, there. That's all I'm gonna say. People are gonna yeah, want to stick around that, for that one. Yeah. yeah. So, a so. black Calvinist before 1950. <gasps> yeah, it happened. Wow. wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. There's a lot of white brothers out there that think that Calvinism started with them, but, with white people. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, and Luke, he's in Minneapolis. He has to be one of the, you know, he's not going to like me for saying this. He has to be one of the blackest white guys I know. Yeah. And I think even sometimes at his church, people come there and they're a little confused. Like, More than Marcus? Uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Here's a crazy thing. He's actually a ginger, too. Wow. See? <laughs> so, yeah. You guys are going to like each other. Maybe you guys are going to really it's like each It's like the missing link between all these, blacks and whites. All yeah. these redheads thinking they're black. <laughs> <laughs> also in studio, we have... Seth. 
Oh, you forgot? Right, He's sitting right I mean, next to I, you. I don't know. I didn't know, quite know who you're queuing yeah. there. We have Seth, one of our um, uh, writers and bloggers for CrossPolitik. He's coming in. We're going to talk about um, kind of where Trump is at the yeah, next 100 days. Trump made us a promise, uh-huh. right, in his first 100 days of uh-huh. office. What are we going to do? And we're going to see if he's actually living up to those promises for good or for bad. Right? And, and let me just say, I met, I knew Seth for two seconds before he asked me why I wasn't Presbyterian. And why, why, <laughs> why, why aren't you? Fight, he why? tried to fight hold, me. Hold on. Before, <laughs> before we get in there, are you, are you going to actually introduce us or just call us the two Baptists and Presbyterian? Everybody knows who you are. <laughs> That's true. Everybody so, wait, wait, hold on. You don't know how much... I'm going to sound like Paul real quick. You don't know how much your fame has spread across <laughs> podcastisms. The blogosphere no. knows who you guys are. No. Do I need to say a name? Yeah. Really? Isn't that, isn't that common courtesy? I, you know what? So. Hold on. Let me say so. this. I had to come all the way up to Moscow to be on your show. I've been trying for years to get you to come on our show, and you won't do it. But, you know, hey... Where's that organ, no, son? Hey, where's that organ? Your, your, your listeners know who I am. This we is my third chocolate. time. We had chocolate. This is I've been with Marcus. Time. I've Marcus. tried since then. He's no, no. always too busy. I've He's always the, got too much going I've on. I've been on your show twice. Once. Twice. Once. Twice. Once with Marcus. Or twice with Marcus. We caught. We talked about the film we were doing. Yeah. And then we talked about. Oh, what was the other one? It's because it didn't. We did happen. two. We came on and talked about two films. <laughs> Am I going to have to go in like your block? Your, um, you might have to. Yeah. We talked about some post revelation. Like, but that was like three years ago. That's true. We I haven't done much interesting you things since then. You've been too so, busy. So let's, let's introduce him. I still love you. Just, just, so, oh, somebody else who we have on the show, too. I can't believe you just interrupted me. I was going to try to introduce you guys. Yeah. He just oh. doesn't want to do it. <laughs> well, He's like, no. Well, first, let's introduce the most important person who's joining the show. Um, and you know who that is? No, I don't. I'm here today to update the American people on the incredible progress that has been made in the last four weeks since my inauguration. We're just grateful to have you, Dr. Trump. I I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible progress. He's a a doctor. The way he's handling the media, he's a doctor. Man. Okay, now you can introduce everybody. He's a surgeon. First first the president, and now we can introduce everybody else on the show. Okay, so President Trump. Also, we also have uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin from Apologia Church. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. You're welcome to come to my studio. (laughs) <laughs> right on, <laughs> and Luke, Luke, Luke LeBear. That's right. It's, it's that's Luke right. LeBear. We'll Luke LeBear. Your, your Le- last name's Pearson, right? That's correct, Luke Pearson. Sir. Yeah. Yep. Welcome, man. Thank and, you. And, and how long have you and Jeff been teamed up together? Nine years since two thousand eight. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Nine years. Where to go? That's a that's a nice ministerial bromance going on. There. Yeah. Is, yeah. We do have a bromance. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. they, they, I saw the episode where there's a little tension there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Austin. Another ginger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to ruin things. And of course, Marcus Pittman, the trifecta on Third our show. Time. Third Great time. to be How back. How did that happen? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well. It's good been... to be back. It's good to be in the studio with Chocolate Knox, though. I know. It brings you back, don't it? It does. It's a flashback. Yeah, it it's is a flashback. flashback. Yeah. Like we started here or something. Yeah, so right, we did. It reminds yeah. David when you were living in his basement. Yeah. Sleeping, <laughs> on, always sleeping on McDonald's <laughs> wrapper. Vacuuming out the water. Pizza boxes. <laughs> oh, so you got to fill in our audience a little <laughs> bit on that. What's so, like David, on it's raining. <laughs> it's raining, David. <laughs> uh, so Marcus and I. I'm floating. My um, mattress is floating right now. <laughs> No, you didn't even wake up. No, I never yeah, did. Yeah. No. Um, Marcus and I, uh, Marcus started a company called Crown Right. So I worked yep. at Wretched TV, Wretched Radio. And Mar- I kind of worked there. And Ka- Marcus kind of worked there, too. <laughs> for, for, um, week, for a week. For a week. a day. I hired Marcus, and he yeah. lasted two weeks. Uh-huh. Um, and that ultimately two and was- Two and a half. A, two, two, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Should have been three. Um, and Marcus uh, got fired. 
mm-hmm. by the grace of God, gratefully got fired and started a, a, a media company called Crown Rights Media. Mm-hmm. And so from Wretched, I was watching what he was doing. And I was like, man, I, w- I wish I could get fired because yeah. I want to be engaging in that. And so, you know, we would, I worked through the day at um, Wretched and I'd come home and we'd work in the evening on Crown Rights and God blessed it and we kept yeah. making movies and stuff. And um, that's the beginning of basically everything we're doing now. Yeah, right. You know? And this right. is back in Georgia, you guys. Yeah, way right. back in Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So... Yeah. Well, that's great. Good times. So you brought Donald Trump on the show. So our president. Why? Is, well, because he he owes us some explanations. He had his he had his first press conference press conference this last week since becoming president. The press has become so dishonest that if we don't talk about it, <laughs> we are doing a tremendous disservice to the American people. Talk about it, Trump. What what Republican <laughs> president would do that? You know, only Trump. Only Trump. Only Trump. Only so, Trump. And the, and how long has this been needed to be done? You know, forever, forever since the press was established. I mean, here's the thing: some of the st- <laughs> <laughs> since, since the very beginning, <laughs> he's like the press has always been bad. I mean, but let's be honest: some of this stuff, you, you, you're happy he's kind of messed with the press. At the same time, they kind of expose some holes, though, with some things that. What do you mean? Well, it's not like here. Let's just these are a couple clips okay. put together okay. of Trump at his first press conference. I turn on the TV, open the newspapers, and I see stories of chaos. Chaos. This administration is running like a fine-tuned machine. <laughs> President Putin called me up very nicely <laughs> to congratulate me on the win of the election. Uh-huh. He then called me up extremely nicely. You know what extremely nice he is, don't you? Much better than very nicely. <laughs> to congratulate me on the inauguration, which was terrific. And the leaks are absolutely real. The, the news is fake. We, uh. we knew that. <laughs> yeah. So much of the news is fake. But I'm having a good time. Tomorrow they will say, Donald Trump rants and raves at the press. I'm not ranting and raving. I'm just telling you, you know, you're dishonest people. But, did but. you, did you wait, hold on, stop right there. Did you see how many uh, headings? Uh, so yesterday I went he to all the it. news. I went to all the news websites yeah. to kind of see what their titles were after this press conference. And they were like sort of saying. Basically Donald said, Trump rants and raves. Basically we were saying that. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump's press conference was, you know. Off the charts. I mean, they were the titles were. Very- I love what he said to the CNN guy. It was my favorite part because yeah. we all know that first scene where CNN's there and he says, "You, you are fake news. Yeah, You're fake news." Other, yeah. That was like just annihilated CNN. And this yeah. one, same guy is there. CNN. He says, "You're fake news." He goes, "No, no, actually, I'm changing your name. Very fake news." <laughs> <laughs> Extremely yeah. fake, which, which is, yeah. actually means more than fake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, okay, I, I can only do so much, Donald, before I, I flip. But uh, okay, I'll play a little more. Ranting and raving. I love this. I'm having a good time doing it. But tomorrow, <laughs> the headlines are going to be I'm having a good Donald time. Trump rants and raves. I'm not ranting and raving. We had Hillary Clinton give Russia twenty percent right of the uranium yeah. uh-huh. in yeah. our country. Right. You know what uranium is, right? No, 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 Trump. I would love a extensive education on what uranium is. It's a thing called nuclear weapons and uh, other things. Uh-huh. Like lots of other things? things are done with uranium, including some bad things. <laughs> Politically, it would be so, unpopular. So Trump, <laughs> Trump is not. A, he's not a polished speaker. He's not very. <laughs> right? No, no, not very erudite. No, no. That's the president of the United States talking about big, nuclear weapons, by the way. <laughs> Big thing. Who has who has the password? And, yeah, exactly. He can push the button. Yeah. So be careful what you say in here. Yeah. <laughs> just, just just saying. Hey, you know he's really good at speaking at a very uh, elementary level. Yeah. Like right. that. That's not. That's not. He's doing that on purpose. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's speaking to the common people. You right really there. think he's doing that on purpose? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You don't there's, think he, yeah. there's a good Twitter video. Uh, I mean, a YouTube video uh, uh, that call the one's called "How Donald Tweets," and the other is called um, "How Donald Speaks," and it's by Nerdwriter, and it goes through a breakdown of a paragraph, and it's very, very uh, purposefully mm. short and uh, precise. Time yeah. out, Marcus. Yeah. Do you believe everything you watch on YouTube? Uh, almost everything. Okay. <laughs> Especially <laughs> the Flat Earth videos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and your, and your... So chemtrails, a real thing. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Speaking in your of YouTube flat... comment section, do you Speak... believe all that? <laughs> Speaking of Flat Earth, uh, if you're a subscriber to Apology All Access, what you is can that? see uh, the show we just did with Dr. Robert Carter. Ooh. Oh, so, Apology All Access is where you can get all of our TV shows on see, demand. I tried to put you on the spot. I, I, I set you yeah. up. I, I was, put it on the TV. I was letting him. How much? Oh, okay. How much? Seven ninety five a month. Donation. How much? Seven dollars and ninety five cent a month donation. Ninety five cent. 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 All right. So, all right. Let's get so, to why we really have Seth here. Yeah. We want to know: Is our president um, better at doing what he says than he is at speaking about it? Dude, how, we got to give him a mic. That's what you have. Oh, he's going to share with me? Oh, why not? I don't know. I don't yeah. yeah. So, Seth. Let's bring it. Do we, it. Do we, it. We, we, made a promise, we made a promise to the cross-politic listeners that we would keep track of what our president is doing over the next 100 days that he's promised us. How's he doing? Uh, as far as I can see, Seth, this is a microphone. What, uh, yeah. Yes. So you have is to, this, like, is this how dad, this works? yeah, you got to put your mouth close okay. to, yeah. No uh, <laughs> okay. uh-huh. All right. Is All this right. working for you? Don't lick it, because that's good. <laughs> he won't like that very much. I, I didn't figure. Okay. I wasn't tempted to. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Um, as far as I can tell, I mean, fairly well. How I mean, far is he How far is he in? So we got 100? 100 days. 100 days, but how many promises? Uh, well, <laughs> that's incalculable. <laughs> if you take what he said on the campaign trail, he was making stuff up on the spot. Every time someone cheered, he was like, and here's another one. We're going to cure cancer in my administration. <laughs> Big league. Make America great Big again. league. <laughs> uh, Kate Children's cancer is a problem. We're going to solve that problem in my administration. I just really want to know, is Hillary Clinton going to get arrested? Is that the promise? Is one of those promises going to be? No, he said no. Well, here's, I haven't, I have looked around for that. I haven't heard a thing about that, like in really any news organization. It doesn't sound, I mean, I I don't know. He might try to. As far as I know, he said that like the day or two days after he's elected that he's not going to do it. Yep. Hmm. So we got to like these. I did did hear that, but then I also heard that he's also going to engage in trying. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of been. That's why I'm trying to figure out. Like, was that one of his promises think, in the I think first Jeff days? Sessions was part of that plan. That's okay. why he wanted Jeff Sessions. Oh, oh okay. And that's why yeah, he's mad that he's him. not in yet. No, Jeff Sessions is in now. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes. So how are we doing? Mike Seth? Pence had to break the tie. Is, oh, that's right. Okay. They're fighting really hard against that. As far as I can tell, he's he's doing fairly. I mean, he's it's only day twenty eight. There's a really convenient website called Trump Tracker, which uh, uh, tracks all of his promises as far as i can tell it's fairly well but there there is some you know um, every website has its bias sure um there's a really strange promise that they record as like um as taking um here i'm a uh, promise 181 <laughs> 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 Ooh, this is gonna be a long show <laughs> rather than throw the chinese president a state dinner buy him a mcdonald's hamburger and say we've got to get down to work now that's kind of a strange thing to like hold him to because i'm sure there's some news organization you know if you take some doom arby's wait, instead, wait he actually like, made that promise uh they have it right here it was um 
Well, if they said it, it must be true. <laughs> well, I haven't looked through every single. Uh, I, be- I believe entry. Trump would say something like yeah, that. Yeah, though. yeah, oh, yeah that sounds like yeah. Um, but the, the three, well, the first one that I was hoping to focus on was uh, his promises about guns because he did make a big deal out of uh, yeah. getting rid of gun-free zones in, mili- in military bases and schools. He did not do that. Um, he did get uh, Betsy DeVos in who said that she would keep guns in schools. Well, yeah, but the, the specific promise was he was going to do it day one. He's going to write an executive oh, order. Oh, yeah, he didn't do that. See, that's why we have Seth on the show. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah, because I researched. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I read books. A uh, l- l- little too much, Seth. You see how Presbyterians treat each other? Yeah. I know. Uh, see, don't you get started. You love- <laughs> hey, hey. You got hey, a long Luke, Baptist yeah. history. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Let's talk about Anabaptist. L- Luke was being kind of hard on Marcus when he got got in here come on well it's because i see him every day well see here's the reason i asked jeff about presbyterianism like right after i met him is is because of my ecumenical spirit you know i'm trying to bring everybody together Mm. yeah um all right so (laughs) is trump bringing us together is the question um (laughs) well you know there are a lot of people see here's here's one thing that i thought of the the other day is the liberals i think whether they will do this or not they have a lot of motivation to actually uh, report accurately what he's doing because they hate a lot of the stuff that he's promising. Right. So if he actually goes through with it, they want to do. They want to report it accurately so that you know they, everybody see, gets angry. He's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And if then and then if he doesn't, uh, you know, go through with a promise, they want to make it as accurate as possible. I mean, not that I think that they will do that, but I mean, you would think that that's what they would want to do. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't think the liberals are still even reporting accurately. I mean, the whole immigration ban. Um, has not well, been reported what, accurately. Well, what they're reporting right? is the fact that what he said he would do about it, regardless of how they're telling the story of what it actually means, the fact that he said he would do this and he's doing it, they are reporting that accurately. That he's actually keeping his promise of what he said he would do. Sure, comes, but that doesn't, immigration. I mean, it's the details that matter, right? <laughs> but we don't expect it's the like... details from the liberals to be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the, that's the fake, that's where fake news happens. Uh, yeah, Alternative that's... facts. <laughs> Alternative effects are lies. Liberals are like, is is it raining outside? They will say yes, but what they mean is that it's raining in California, not where you're actually at. But what we can know is that it's raining. Well, yeah. And were they wrong? Are they wrong? I think they're wrong 100%. Sometimes they're wrong. They're wrong. Sometimes they're wrong. That's you guys. You're all wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. Wrong. I was looking like, like, where's that from? Where's that coming from? Wrong. Everybody's wrong. Okay, listen. When we come back. Because obviously we just burned a whole 20, bunch of time. Is it 20 minutes Bro, already? we just burned a whole bunch of time. When we come back, we're going to have a couple moments with Seth to get us up to speed on what's happening with Trump's 100 Days. And then we're going to talk about, um, oh, yes. Your interview, our interview. Our interview with Luke Walker, yes. um, <laughs> black reformer. Yeah. First a slave, no more, now evangelist to his people. Next on Cross Politics. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture. 
a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Hello, welcome back to Cross Politic with the Apologia Radio in the house. Well, we have a full house. Yeah. Yes, sir. My goodness. I can't even. I can't even keep track of everything that we got going on in this episode. <laughs> you got your tablet open. You got um, your laptop open. You got. <laughs> I am lost. I am lost. So that's great. Thank you for joining us. We this uh, we need to wrap up our hundred days of Trump in office. Is that possible? And not with, not with Apologia in the room. <laughs> you said <laughs> to make this just like we're on Apologia. That's so. right. That's right. That's right. So. We still get another 20 minutes of goofing off. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then, <laughs> and then we get to the serious <laughs> stuff. No, we're, yeah. we're, I'm, tr- I'm trying to... This is my job, actually, yeah. is to get them to like be goofy for a minute, but then control them and herd There's them no- <laughs> into... Like a discussion. That's my job. So it's like Mark. He's now, a cowboy. I, I can't. I can't Trust do it me. with all these guys. We Trust have, me. We have no one that does that at Apologia. Trust so. me. It is not something that anybody can do. That yeah. Apologia. I don't think anybody succeeded. Jeff just yet. said we had no one. Because <laughs> Marcus. Marcus. I don't gave even up. notice him trying. <laughs> After a while, you just give up, and you're just like, yeah, that's, that's great. That's how it is. That's great. Okay, so let's pick up where uh, Trump, uh, where Seth left off with a uh, uh, hundred days here. We we're talking about. Um, gun control right. that he was going to uh, his first day in office uh, deregulate gun control on, on where gun free zones are and I think that was partly defined by ar- there, there's gun free zones in army bases right? so I think it included some army bases some schools, colleges I don't know if it included schools in his original um, uh, cause, uh, but I, th- I know it included like uh, basically areas that the president had direct control over uh, right? because he's chief commander, commander in chief right, right. right? And so um, I think it included part of that. It also, um, Seth, what you had something to say about like the states, gun free control, gun free control with the states, or, or maybe give me the kind of breakdown of what it meant by gun free or getting rid of the uh, regulation on gun free zones. Yeah. So when it comes to um, uh, guns and what one of the things that Trump wanted to do, one of the things that he wanted to do was uh, reciproc- uh, do reciprocation for the states. So y- you guys probably know that with. Obviously, with driver's licenses, if you have yeah. a driver's license, it works, in every, it works in every state. Right. That's one thing that Trump wants to do. Yes. Uh, with uh, concealed carry permits, Ooh. which I am actually not a fan of because oh. I think it's unconstitutional. Why? I agree. Why? I agree. Ten I minutes. have one in my pocket. A gun? Oh. No, I feel yeah. naked with Marcus. Marcus knows where that's going. No, I got a concealed carry. Why is that a problem? Because each state's law has to be. Uh, independent, right? Yeah, it's a Tenth Amendment issue, basically. Like, I'm, I'm full. I mean, I don't think states should even have concealed carry laws. I think you, you <laughs> preach it, boy, preach it. I, you don't get an organ in a second. Keep playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think the state hasn't really has any right to regulate guns at all. Amen. That's funny. That's Come like, to Arizona. That was like, Come that's to Arizona. Like, we have constitutional well, carry. That's like yep. that, that's so like, do we. We in Idaho. Too. We have it now. That's like when someone in the church says, "Hey, we should do this on Sunday mornings," and then somebody pulls out the confession, and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Marcus no. was pretty excited no. about I was Trump. like, oh, that sounds like a great idea. And then you yeah. pull out the concept. Oh, no, yeah. That's okay, right. States' well, right. We have well, a thing. Yeah. Because remember, the federal government shall make no law yeah. regarding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Guess, okay. guess no fancy yeah. license. Can you give service? Seth back the mic? All right, here we go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, I mean that's that's actually a good point. It, it, what Gabe was saying is it says that Congress shall make uh, no law. I mean that's that's a First Amendment thing. But um, but yeah, when it comes to the Tenth Amendment, basically anything that's not explicitly written out in the Constitution as a federal government power is left to the states, and that would include even things like the definition of marriage, um, which you know we're all Bible believers, so we know what the definition should be. But according to the Constitution, the states get to dis- to decide what that is. Yeah. yeah. And that that actually brings up another uh, issue, which is gay marriage isn't legal in America. Obergefell Aber- had nothing to do with the legality of marriage. It's something uh, that if well, he's like a preacher, and he? he just get distracted. You mean courts? Yeah, <laughs> I think you mean courts. I can kind of go anywhere. You mean courts don't? <laughs> we make just laws? went from the Tenth okay. Amendment. <laughs> Give me some more updates on Trump. Oh right, yes. I'll, 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 He's like, yeah, oh yeah, the president. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when it comes to the to the gun issue, he wa- he wants to. Oh, go to immigration. Yeah, yeah we got the okay. we got the gun thing. We, yeah, we, yeah, okay. So that's what that's the deal with with guns. When it comes to immigration, um, everyone freaked out about his executive order, uh, but, which supposedly was some kind of Muslim ban. Uh, but I which re- wouldn't be a bad thing. What? Yeah, actually, <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't I, think I, it would be. Why y'all looking at me crazy? I'm just listening. Just look at me like, no, I'm just listening. You say that a lot, don't you? Well, Why y'all looking at me like I'm crazy? Yeah, because I must say a lot of crazy stuff. <laughs> but I mean, I don't have a problem with that. This is what it means to be in the studio, Chuck Knox. Like, you know, okay. you don't have a problem with the band. It's easy um, to look at him crazy. <laughs> if, if if the president, if if you have a house, oh, we're really going to go here. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a house and you don't want certain guests in your house because of the way you know they're going to treat the environment, yeah, then I would have them say, hey, I have no problem having you in here. But these are the requirements if you come in my house. Yeah. And so if the president doesn't have the ability to do that, then um, who else is going to protect us from those? I think uh, if a a president's job is to punish evildoers, I think Islam is probably one of the worst evils right now plaguing the world. Mm. Um, And if if he doesn't have the right to protect Americans from Islam itself, then I don't I don't. Yeah, and, what, and, up there. and one of the things, and if anyone who's listening wants to pursue this, uh, Kenneth Gentry has a really good, good chapter on immigration in his book Political Christianity, where he goes into. I mean, again, our response always it can't be reactionary; it has to be principled. We have to look what the Bible actually says, and if you look at what the Bible actually says about borders, uh, countries do seem to have a right to control their borders. Israel did in Nehemiah. There were times where they closed the gates of the city uh, because Marcus's hair is actually turning black now. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all just keep on. <laughs> um, and and to some extent, it's just an extension of Exodus twenty-two verse two, where you know if a thief breaks in at night, you know you have the right sure. to uh, yeah. yeah. So okay, you so, you have the right to uh, exclude people under certain certain circumstances. Sure. So okay, I'm with you. All right. So how much how much more we have for Trump? Oh yeah, I keep man, you keep, I getting, keep getting distracted. Um, so yeah, basically everyone freaked out about the executive order. Um, but part of the problem was. Uh, well, a lot, I think a lot of people just didn't read the text of the executive order. Sure. I, I read right. through the whole thing. Uh, the only country that's specifically mentioned is Syria, and a much and uh, the executive order invokes. Um, I don't think it was an executive order that Obama issued, but it was uh, something that he he issued where uh, it it did um, refer to other countries that were going to be banned, and. You know, a whole bunch of liberals reacted and said, oh, well, why are you banning these seven countries? They have nothing to do with terrorism. Well, there actually is an article that uh, that I found on um, the Washington Examiner that says there are 72 individuals who since 9-11 have been convicted of terrorism. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to – my computer's not working very well. Uh, but <laughs> It never does when you're live. Yeah. Um, but many of them came from those seven countries. Mm-hmm. So Okay. All right. So he's actually following through – 
with his promises for the first 100 days. The question is, is yeah. he going to make his... Is, is he going to make all of them? Is he going to actually fulfill his promises he gave us in the first 100 days of being in office? Well, he's uh, already broken some of them. I mean, the main, one one of the problems with, you know, going back to the uh, gun-free zones issue is uh, he can't just do anything with an executive order. You know, he can't issue, he can't make laws. <laughs> right. You know, Congress is the one that makes laws. So even if he had wanted to, he went, wouldn't simply have had the power to just get rid of all of them. You know, he's not a tyrant. Right. So. All right, well, hey, we'll check back in with you. Next time we do a show, we're going to really want to know how far, how many promises, how far is he in completing that. And Jeff just walked off from the microphone, is off getting something in his bag. This is a, this is happening at Apologia? Every nope. day. Okay, every uh -uh. day? Oh, okay, all right, nope. cool. We are well, 100% professional. Jeff will be hosting, and well, then he'll just walk 60 off. 60% of the time, every time. <laughs> hey, I'm hosting. You guys hold on a second. Since, since he's transferring, we'll just go ahead and make the segue right into Pastor Luke Walker at Redeeming Cross Community Church in Richfield. Is doing a great ministry right now in writing biographies. This is your second book that we're on, but your first book was on Whitfield, right? It was on Wycliffe, John Wycliffe. Yeah, something like that. I knew it was, yeah, I knew it was the, a, one of the W's. It was a book. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of our parishes. Wy Wycliffe? Like Wycliffe. Fuji's? So, <laughs> no woman. So, so, Pastor, why are you writing biographies right now? Like, out of all the things to be doing, don't you have something better to be doing with your time, like writing about the gospel? Yes, sir. Well, besides debating on Facebook for hours a day, I have found time to devote studies <laughs> to church history. So, yeah, what we're trying to do is, uh, you know, make church history accessible for folks. Um, and so I have a passion for church history, been studying it for some years, and uh, found an outlet with my friends at Wrath and Grace to put uh, together short uh biographies to give people, you know, to whet the appetites of folks for some of these great saints of old. And, and why, why do we need to be reading these? Good question. Uh, because we don't Thank live uh, on an island. We don't live in a vacuum. And, you know, there's a reason why things are like they are today. We, and we stand on the shoulders of giants. And uh, there's nothing more orienting than understanding the flow of church history, the flow of history in general, but particularly as a church, to see where we've come from, to see the baton that we hold and who we got it from. And and who are we going to pass it to next, you know? Right. And so, you, go ahead. Now, the, the the book that we want to interview you on is uh, kind of a biography, a uh, uh, narrative of Alada Equiano. Uh, yes, sir. And he was, um, as I uh, was reading through this uh, he's last a week, and he's, he's a really interesting character. And he was uh, mostly, spent most of his time in the British slave trade. He was actually a, a slave himself. Uh, mostly, yes, for the most part, in the British slave trade. And then he, he kind of, um, God, like he always works in these ways, he used that, that, that crazy time in his life and brought him to the Lord. So through the slave trade, he became a Christian. And then through that, he basically kind of eventually jumped into um, uh, some sort of ministry and influencing politics in Great Britain and so forth. Why did you decide to pick a lot of Equiano um, to, um, to write a biography on? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, the way this all started was I've been preaching biographies at my church for a few years. So I preached uh, a reformer around Reformation Day, and then we started preaching, uh, you know, a reformed believer of color every February. So I preached a lot at Atlanta last year. I read his biography like four years ago, and when I read it, I just knew that it's something that I wanted to teach my children. My children would read this, but I also wanted the church at large to be exposed to you know, what the Lord did through him. And uh, I specifically, you know, my main burden in Equiano is, you know, sort of an apologetic in a way, um, to highlight the fact that these early abolitionists, 
uh, were reformed. They were Calvinistic, mm. right? Mm. Um, and they were they were capitalists, free market capitalists, and so that was very intriguing to me. And so I wanted to put him on display. Uh, besides that, he's just a, a really interesting dude, and uh, you know, really impressed by him. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how we decided to do that. So how does how does this happen? Uh, a guy in the a slave in the slave trade becomes a Christian and then becomes a, a, a Calvinist. I mean, um, I mean, Jeff Durbin's not even Presbyterian, and he's here in America. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, basically, basically so, to get at um, my question, you know, how does someone become, uh, you know, be in the slave trade, not have any books, not have any um, uh, uh, yeah. good biblical teaching, and yet still end up with yeah. like, this rich theology? Certainly. So, I mean, he was converted um, through uh, the ministry of Calvinistic Methodists. So he was exposed to Calvinism, you know, in his conversion. Um, most deeply, I mean, he, it was the thing that explained his life. It was the thing that explained the tragedies he went through was the sovereignty of God. And he gravitated mm, towards yeah. it because it's the only thing that gave a real explanation for everything that was happening in his life, right? right. Uh, in his case, also, you know, from uh, where he grew up, um, the people were predestinarian. So he was born as a predestinarian, right? Grew oh, up wow. that way. And so in his case, it's very interesting, sort of a theological coming of age when he became a reformed Calvinist, right? Um, and they so, were kind of, his, know, he basically grew uh, up predestinarian, meaning that there was some sort of, um, uh, you know, mystic predestinarian that he just grew up in. It was disconnected exactly. from theology. Yeah. Oh, yep. okay. Because I was thinking that has something to do with, like, you know, predestination. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no, oh. mystical, um, you know, stars in the okay. sky. Thanks for explaining that to me, yeah. Gabe. Uh, sort of. I mean, you know, it's more complicated than that. I mean, he, you know, he believed that his people had some sort of connection with Israel, right? They practiced circumcision, they practiced washings, and I think you know, the predestinarian tendencies uh, probably he would link with some sort of distant connection with the children of Israel. That's a whole interesting topic in itself. Yeah, some sort of deal. So, but in his case, there were so many forces. It was just inescapable for him that he was going to be someone who affirmed the sovereignty of God in all things. Um, It's Black History Month, (laughs) if no one noticed. February. February. And um, one of the things that I think, I mean, you have a ministry out there that um, I think is involved in reaching um, black culture. Um, You you do a lot of ministry to the um, black Israel Hebrewites. Did I say it right? Israelites. Israelites. Hebrewites. Hebrewites. Also. I like that, actually. I like that. That's good. The Hebrewites, yeah. That's a new thing. Um, One of the things that they always complain about um, is that, um, or actually not just them, but Islam, too. A lot of uh, Nation of Islam people that are out there is that, you know, why would you embrace a religion that enslaved you? And somebody, like, we, we... are looking on this side of it who haven't been enslaved how much more was somebody who actually was enslaved yeah, by someone has been lied to so many times about you know how he's going to get his freedom treated horribly i mean saved up his money to try and purchase freedom only to almost lose that what 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 is it that can that brings him to the point where he's like no this is a true god even though my captors are not honoring it um the way they should yeah definitely uh it's just one of those wonders of the gospel that just proves it all the more that um, so many slaves were able to see through the false profession of their wicked masters, and they were able to Whoa, hey, see hey, deeper hey. into Christianity Ouch. than their masters. Right? Ouch! Yeah. So, you want to uh, say that more graciously? <laughs> no, it needs to be said. that was great. That was That's great. Awesome. Yeah. 
Go ahead, preach, preach, so, Pastor. You know, that's just the power. That's the power of the gospel in and of itself. Now, mm-hmm. if Christianity is true, then it's you know, and if the devil is real and all these things, then naturally you you know that he would war against it and use many false professions to blaspheme the name of Christ among the nations. Mm-hmm. Not surprising that they're professing Christians that did such wicked things. If Christianity is real, if the devil's real, right? So it's not surprising. Um, but the thing of it is that it was such a plain, like when you square the way the slave traders who profess to be Christians acted with Christianity itself, the biblical sources, there's absolutely no lineup, right? Um, they were clearly not Christian, right? Um, so the ironic thing for someone like a Hebrew Israelite or, you know, Nation of Islam or, or whatever, just someone who is Muslim, is that, you know, these early abolitionists, what they believed was that, um, those who were kidnapping West Africans and selling them um, into the hands of white men were Muslims. Yeah. So these early abolitionists wow. believed yeah. that Islam was running the slave trade in West Africa, right? right? They saw Islam as something that was unable to jump the hurdle of slavery, while they looked at biblical New Testament Christianity as the only force that could truly overpower this evil right so for them it was just natural this also goes back to his view of the sovereignty of god right i mean if he if he becomes a christian through christians who are professing in name but not in their actions and he Mm -hmm. he comes to believe in this sovereign god who's over everything who is loving who's forgiving who who deals with evil in the world um then that's also part of the reason why he can come to christ through people who confess to be Christians but aren't Christians because he sees the true exactly. God through it all. Yeah. Look, too, before you go, we're, we're mm-hmm. about to wrap up, and I want, I want to just get this question out. Um, um, one of the things that, you know, we had Vody Bakum on, you, you posed a question, and I actually want to pose that question to you. I didn't get a chance to ask him. I'm sorry. But you, I asked on Facebook, hey, what's some questions you might have for Vody? And you asked, and I want you to answer this, why is it that Christianity comes off as the white man's religion, but Islam comes off as the black man's religion? Mm. Mm. Great question. So uh, you asked it. You asked <laughs> it. That, that is a good question. <laughs> I asked it. So I yes, you did. Answer from Big V now. But anyways, uh, I mean, something happened right in the 20th century in the black power movement that favored Islam, right? The, the nation of Islam, even into the 5% nation, there's something happened there that's like, if you want to stick it to whitey, then you become Muslim, right? When all of that is simply just ignorance of the history of the whole thing, you know? Um, we could get into to Muhammad himself, who was a white dude who had black slaves, you know? Yeah. Um, we could get into just the history of Islam itself, which is steeped in slavery and that kind of hierarchy, you know? Um, and so, to me, the only way I can explain it is it is simply um, schemes of the evil one, right, to cloud the name of Christ, to try to work really hard so that people can't see the light of the gospel. We know he's doing that all the time. And so, so, so to me, in writing this biography, I'm working on my, my uh, third one now, which is Lemuel Haynes, the Black Puritan, right? So we're even going to get deeper into the Islam question versus Christianity question, right, with the early black abolitionists. So to me, it's just an ignorance of history, right? There's things about Islam that are attractive to the flesh, right? right, um, right. And Christianity, of course, is just, is just repulsive to the flesh. It, it looks weak, right? Yeah. You turn the other cheek versus versus Muhammad the conqueror. You know, so there's right. there's just aspects I think that play into it. Um, it's a broad question. That that's my stab at it. You know, but uh, in either case, that's that's the reality. I think that, that, that it's seen that way, 
And so part of what we're trying to do is expose that. I, I, I want to take a stab at this before we let Luke go. I think part of the other problem is, is there's a really tremendous father hunger issue in the black community. And um, power is more attractive than sacrifice. And you have the power of the Islam God and the sacrifice of God our Father. And uh, I think that's a big part I, of what's I, playing. I think Luke likes that whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Luke, tell us where we can get your book at. Yep, so you can get all my books at wrathandgrace.com. We'll be pumping them out, Lord willing, uh, one every few months for the foreseeable future. I'm looking forward to it, man. We look forward to having you on to talk about it a little more. When we come back, why is Apologia in the Cross Politics studio? We're going to find out. I have no idea. Confusing. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> That's what my schedule said. <laughs> More cross politics when we come back. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. In Romans 9.39, the Apostle Paul tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We can read those verses with tears streaming down our faces. What comfort. What assurance. Then what do we do? We go out into the world and tell unbelievers that we could be wrong. We say, if I'm wrong, I die, rot in the ground, worms in my body. But if I'm right, I get to go to heaven and be with God forever. If you're right, you die, rot in the ground, and worms in your body. But if you're wrong, you end up in hell. What have you got to lose? We give them Pascal's wager. We reduce God to a bet, to a probability. That's not the God that we read about in the Bible. That's not the God that we worship in church. If you could be wrong, then you can't say that nothing will separate you from the love of God. The God of the Bible is not a bet. He's not a good bet. He's not even the best bet. The God of the Bible certainly exists and has certainly revealed himself. If you're not defending your faith in that God, you're doing it wrong. As Christians, God is Lord of our theology. It's time that we recognize him as Lord of our apologetic as well. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. They didn't, I mean, only Marcus was the only person talking the last interview. Only because yeah. I said something good. That's true. <laughs> are we coming back right now? Yeah, we are. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to Cross well, Politic. Hey. hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey. <laughs> coming at you from Moscow, Idaho. Chris, Christian Mecca. That's Jeff Durbin. It's supposed to be. So Toby usually brings us in. Yeah. And it's, it's welcome back. Cross Politic. Yeah, Radio. We can't really talk like him. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Well, hey, Anyways. guys. Thank you for coming to the studio. Yeah, it's man. This is actually really nice. I like it. Good. I dig yeah. it. It's you, nice. It's like a little man cave. It's cool, man. It's cozy. It's, it's like a little man cave. It's like cave. a little man that's, cave. That's right. And it's got all home. the soundproofing. You know, yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Not really, but you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> you feel like you could be a hookah bar. It's, it's mostly designed for music. So you have like your mixing area and then you have the vocal booth downstairs. So, Or is it, de- is, is it actually designed as a hot box where you can all just get the... You know benefits of each other's vape and yeah, whatever, that's a, whatever uh, else you got. Going I like on there. secondhand vape. Yeah. Are, so. you, are you pumping in oxygen in this thing? Or? <laughs> yeah. How is oxygen getting in this room? We're, we're still dying right now. We're, we're getting off the dizzy here. Don't What's concern that? yourself with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't think about that. All so. right. Hey. So what are you doing this last twenty minutes? We're going to talk about why apology is here. Yes. In Moscow, Idaho. Yes. What? What? What in the world? does a Baptist have to do with Moscow, Idaho? <laughs> do you know how much trouble you'll get in? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Is... I have gotten in trouble. Really? Have my, you really? Because of my relationships. Have you really? Yeah. And you don't care, do you? I don't care. That's what Thank I love you, about Jeff. you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. 
That's why you're a Presbyterian. <laughs> honorary. 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 Okay. We you should have done that. Hold on. Before we like jump into this. Do you like a certificate? Are you guys a part of a certificate? You know what? We should. We baptize your babies. That's your certificate. Leave them around me. They're going to get sprinkled. Trust me on that. We had baptism on Sunday. I had to restrain Marcus. All my kids have already been baptized. I was like, Marcus, stay away from the kids. All the kids, they wanted to jump in. Hey. Yeah. Your kids hand out tracks, right? Do you think, hey, do you think it, from your perspective, what is, was it a sign that all the children were huddled around the baptismal? Yes. Amen. Hey. Amen. Yes. Well, you know, we don't have a problem using for evangelism. Right. Right? I mean, are they believers? Are we going to do this right now? <laughs> no. I think, no. I think David just did. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just wondering. Like, I mean. I thought you said this was well, to be he, a fun segment. Well, <laughs> hey, hey, all no, my I'm kids are fun. baptized anyways. My kids are baptized at like five years old. Nice. You know what? I remember nice. I, I said- Five oh, years too late, but that's great. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get into you. <laughs> You're up here for a conference. Yes. You're up here for a missions conference, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, we're going to get into that in a second, but I want to say something I haven't ever told you. Um, mm. Marcus and I were really into the Presbyterian Baptist dispute, and we, we, obs- we observed something. We observed that Presbyterians um, couldn't, technically be a, couldn't technically be a part or members of a Baptist church, mm. but Baptists could be- in a, general, a part of a part of the Presbyterian churches, yeah. and so we came up with a meme. Oh wow! Um, that said, Baptists are to Presbyterians what Jim Crow laws are to blacks. We're not saying you can't have water; you just can't drink from this fountain, mm. right? And um, we set a firestorm off. Oh, I mean, yeah. to, it just—I haven't seen a thread of ours. Marcus, I remember that. Marcus started trouble on social no. media. Yeah. What? But this one, this is a problem. This one wasn't necessarily Marcus. He just was a part of it. Like, <laughs> I was like, Marcus, I want to do this meme. He's like, okay, I'll make it. He's like, you know, if Marcus wants, if you're going to get in a fight on the internet, there's no better friend to have than Marcus. Right. Right. I'm just going to tell you right now because right. right. I won't follow the threads. And yeah. I remember um, I couldn't get a Baptist to say that they would have me be a member of their church. What well, called the uh, that's, not, that's, what, that's exactly that's what I'm going. getting to. That's where it's going. Um, I couldn't find hey. one. And you guys were the only ones. I remember you guys said, everybody else, every other Baptist was saying, are you calling us racist? I said, no, you're worse than racist. You guys, <laughs> you guys were the only ones that when you said it hurt you that I felt bad about because you said we would have you as members. Mm. And I remember that. And that was, I did. It's like, out of offending my brothers, I don't want to offend those brothers. Did, right? Did, <laughs> right? Didn't your elder like call you? It got so like bad that you? people went to our elder and said, you got to take the meme down. <laughs> and our elder <laughs> folded. Right. We weren't where we're at. He now. was like, you, you guys are right. But uh, he's like, you guys are right. But, you know, we don't want to cause friction. And it's like, wait, who's, I, ca- I, who's causing the friction? Look, I would rather a slave or someone who's a prejudiced person, a racist person say, yes, you can be a part of um, you can have water with us, <laughs> but we just don't like the color of your skin versus mm. somebody who says you can't be a part of the church. At yeah. least they let me still be a Christian. Yeah. And they don't put me on a church discipline. I, so I just want to acknowledge the fact that you guys are thanks, very man. unique. Yeah, what's, I, what's your thought process it. on that? Can, well, yeah, okay, that's so, definitely kind of contrary a little bit. So to, I, never, I never really thought about it really hard because most of my heroes were Presbyterian for as long as I've been Christian. You know, I hate when you say that. Why? It's kind of like saying, like, you know, I have black friends. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, uh, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it's like, oh, I, men, I love black people. No, no. Because, hey, hey, Jeff, because Jeff like, don't let David pull the black yeah. card. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. Because he'll keep doing it. No. No, because so the thing is, is like the people that I read and learned from, I never thought like, oh, he's a Presbyterian. 
Like I just, right, right, I just right. these men of God that were amazing and taught me amazing things. Yeah, and so like, like doing, getting into full time like vocational ministry, I, I never really thought deep and hard about it. And then somebody, I, I guess it was something that never really crossed my mind because we we're we're all justified through faith in Christ. We're all part of the same body. Well, and you're actually doing the work of the Lord. Like you're actually busy working. Yeah, Your hands busy. Are deep in the work of the gospel. Yeah, I'm busy. So it's like I don't have time for. <laughs> I don't have time for Facebook fights. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So, and, yeah, I don't. Yeah. And so, I, so somebody just said one thing to me. They said, and I and I wasn't like opposed. They just said, uh, are, Jeff, are you, uh, as a Baptist, would you be willing to say that you wouldn't let Jonathan Edwards or Greg Bonson be a member of your church? Mm. And I thought to myself, well, that's crazy. Well, of course, of course I Wait a minute. And I started yeah. thinking long and hard about the conflict and that yeah. does exist in that area. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, well, how how ridiculous is that to have somebody with different convictions on an issue not work together for the kingdom of God, mm. even within the local church context? So, I, so our perspective is, look, from the perspective of like apologia as a local church, this is our doctrinal statement. This is the teaching of the church. Here is what the elders commit to and... You essentially make an oath to uphold yes, and to defend, yes. and that's what's going to come from this church. When it comes to members of the church, we have a handful of Presbyterians yeah. at Apologia Church. That I are, could be a member of your church. Yeah, I would love members to. of the church yeah. that um, you know this this causes conflict at times. But if somebody and I, we might I might get in big trouble for saying this publicly, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Say it, here. brother. Um, if you came you're a Presbyterian, if you came to Apologia Church and you said, "Look, look, I, I've repented of my sin. I trust in Christ. I am in Christ through faith and." Christ, and you you have the basic Christian confession, and you're like, but I haven't been baptized by immersion, and I believe that my Presbyterian baptism, I believe that's legitimate, Trinitarian, uh, God-honoring baptism, and I don't want to do another baptism by immersion. We respect that. Yeah. And we say... I'm not going to ask you. There it is. Hey! I'm not going to ask you to violate your conscience before God and do this thing before God because you think because because I'm saying look mm. you need to do this to be really really right with God right right um, because it's faith in Christ that justifies us before God Amen. and so you are going to give me so much yeah, yeah, trouble I am. So, <laughs> and but, I'll fight for you yeah thank you, you just let me know I'm, I'm so we open the table to Presbyterians we, which I, I hate it. here's the thing when I say that it makes me angry that I have to say that. Yeah, yeah. Like no, theologically right. speaking, it, when I say I open the table to Presbyterians, I hate that I have to even. I hate that there are people that would actually think mm-hmm. that you would not <laughs> open the table to Presbyterians. Um, that to me is disgraceful. When and it comes and to you've gotten Christ. flack for that very comment. I, I open yeah. up my table to Presbyterians. You've gotten flack for that. No, I know, and I think it's insane. Wow. And um, I think that it's dishonoring to Christ, and I yeah. think it's shameful to behave in such a way. When so. we talk about one of the things that and I was a Baptist, um, and one of the things that we always said as Baptists is that, hey, we want to be, we want to major in the major things and minor in the minor things, right? right? We don't want to take things like baptism right. and let us separate us. But then I started noticing in the culture that I was in that that's exactly what baptism did was it separated us. And so my whole point of making the meme like that was to say, hey, guys, we shouldn't have this. And so I absolutely agree with you. And so speaking of unity in the body and reaching each other and opening the table to each other. Yeah. um, Missions conference here. And and what are you doing? What are you talking about? Like. Um, so, uh, you know, it's funny. Who, who, who assigned the talks? Does anybody know who assigned the talks? Um, uh, Why do you want to find them and kill either, them? Either Chava <laughs> or Ben Zorns. Okay. Because no one, no one really told me how they wanted that to go down. I found out what the talks were, 
after it's all arranged and we're already coming, I just went to the website. I was like, what am I doing? I saw the talk titles. And so I hope that what I'm doing is in line with what, I hope that what, I'm doing is in line with what they wanted, which I think it is. You just um, mentioned the title of your topic and then just go. Yeah. yeah. So, this go. Is, so I'm going to yeah. be talking about this. Yeah. That's, that's a normal Sunday for us anyways. This, yeah. this would be it's like a, Baptist a, thing. a less like exegetical, expositional because it's on missions and it's about social media. Like yeah. one of them is the gospel and gadgets and gizmos. Oh, oh, so, oh, oh, drop it. Go yeah. ahead. Well, it's just in terms of using the technology that God gave the church, yeah. which the internet is a gift from God to Christians. Amen. No, it's from the devil. It's Amen. not. It's not from. It's like, Jesus didn't give inter- the internet to pagans. He gave it to Christians. Mm. Um, and so it belongs to us. Um, all the tools we have now. Facebook Live. Mark Zuckerberg was working for Jesus. Whoa. That's, that's, Whoa. that's for us. <laughs> and YouTube is for Christians. Amen. And so it's, it's, yeah. about, it's about using it for the propagation of the kingdom of God. And, it's, and I'm talking about that the Christian worldview needs to infect every single area of life because Jesus is Lord over every area of life. And so you have to use social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. You have to use those tools to propagate the authority of Jesus into every avenue. I think most Christians agree with you with the fact that, yes— these things are good for using for the gospel. Rome made roads, yeah. but you know um, that wasn't given to Christians. That was Rome, and they made those roads, and Christians just used it. So when you say that God gave, um, Mark right. Zuckerberg was working for Jesus, how do you justify that statement? Because that's a nice statement to say, but you're just passing by in a yeah. comment. But because what Jesus, do you mean? Because Jesus owns everything, and the ultimate purpose of the world is that the righteous inherit the earth, the meek inherit the earth. Yeah. So the world is ours. It belongs to us. Jesus is Lord over it. And so everything in it belongs to Jesus and to his church. Yeah. And so everything that happens in the world is ultimately for the good of God's people and his glory. And a good example in Scripture of this mm-hmm. is that God made gold— Mm-hmm. And the Egyptians mined that gold, took that gold. Uh, but when it was the right time and God was leading his, his children through a redemptive <clears throat> act, when they left, they took gold from the Egyptians. So that, that those Egyptians owned that gold. They, they formed that gold. They, they put it into jewelry or however they did it. And when it was time for the people of God to go to get God's blessing for God's purposes in the world, God destroys Egyptians and then his people leave with the gold. And so when it comes to social media, YouTube, all those things, there may be pagans involved in the background, but they were in it. But if you look at like things like the Internet, and Marcus did a great talk on this, the Internet it exists today. The, your phone exists today. Communication exists today because of Christians. That's right. And now pagans may have actually, because they are acting inconsistently with their worldview and Christians are, are acting inconsistently with ours, pagans may have developed this and made it kind of neat and better and quicker and, and all those things. But it's about time that Christians actually took ownership of what already belongs to us. What are some good ways that we can take ownership over Facebook, YouTube? Well, I would say, for, first and By foremost... By subscribing to, to Apologia on, on YouTube. <laughs> Set him up again. He didn't even yeah, say... Well, there you go. So one, subscribing on Facebook? One, liking on Facebook? I, okay, well, I'd say this to get into that conversation. There's a man that I love and respect very, very much. Um, I'm grateful for him and his ministry. Um, but he often, he has sort of a, a thing he does on a regular basis. He will post on social media. He'll post some awful thing happening in the world, and he will say, no, no, the world is not getting better, <laughs> right? And right. so he says that he says that often. And when I, when I think about someone saying something like that, I think that is probably one of the stupidest things you could say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean that as respectful as I can from my Christ-loving heart. That is so <laughs> stupid. You're sitting in a coffee shop buying a $5 cup of coffee. 
sitting using their free Wi-Fi internet access on a tool that allows you to to type things in and then literally click a button and the entire planet mm -hmm. just read it. Yeah. Yeah. And when you tell me the world's not getting better, I say that's just pure ignorance. Yeah, but that's not that's not a moral issue though. He's no. talking right. So just yeah. because you're able to type something in, it goes around the world. It's there's what, not it's not the, a moral imp implication from that. Well, the world well, is, there is the world actually. is getting better because yes, I can propagate the gospel of the kingdom and the message that saves the world. I can propagate that now at the click of a button to New Zealand. That's right. And the church gets on the move in New Zealand because of something that we post. Right. Right. Um, and so so in terms of how do we how do we do it? Well, I would say number one, I. Think think that Christians, first and foremost, have got to start um, understanding that God is not glorified by sinful behavior on the internet. So mm. Christians often today will will engage in slander, gossip, oh, they'll lack man. integrity, they'll Oof. they'll do things, they'll abuse they'll abuse people in the church <laughs> on the internet and the, and for and what what I think that the basic mantra is is that it's not sin if it's on the internet. Well, or I think what's going on is that people um, they have. They're trying to reach another group of folks, yeah. but the way they're going about it is slanderous, yes. right? They're trying to propagate um, a, a form of theology they think is better or right, right? Because we've gotten, look, you've gotten accused of that. You said, look, John MacArthur's a guy that we all know and love, and he's been a blessing to our ministries, and I am where I'm at because of his ministry. Right. And so if I happen to say something that I disagree with him, I have to have this caveat of like four paragraphs of how much I love him right. before I can even exercise a disagreement. Right. So I think, you know, you know, so part of it is I think people are trying to use it to convince others of where they're at, but then they're just not doing it well. Yes. And then the, those who are doing it well get punished for it. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know? so, so first and foremost, stop sinning on the Internet. Okay. That, that would be the just, first just thing. Stop. Just yeah, stop. just stop sinning on the stop Internet. It. Like you, you will give an account to Jesus for reward or lack of reward uh, for your behavior and every, every idle post. Mm. Amen. So Amen. that would be first and foremost, stop sending on the internet. Second thing is use the internet to spread the gospel of the kingdom. Uh, and that's broader and bigger than I'm going to heaven one day. That is the Christian worldview in all of its aspects in every area. So that's, that's podcasting, that's a YouTube video, that's vlogging, that's blogging, that's Facebook live videos. So if something happens. A, a great example is this last election. It's, it's a premier example now. Is I was in. I'm gonna talk about this tonight. I hope I don't belabor the point tonight. Preach, um, preacher. So I'm. I went to Australia, and New Zealand a couple months ago, and um, I'm. I'm. First of all, people drove from the western side of Australia to Brisbane, where it's like I was. A Twenty at. hour drive. It's like yeah. yeah it's like yeah. driving from California to New York. That's yeah. how. That's how yeah. long of a drive it is. Golly. Now I had. I had groups of people, churches that drove to Brisbane. It was a sold out audience um, to come and and see and and meet me and listen to the teaching. And they had been dramatically impacted. I met an entire church that showed up to this event that went from uh, an Arminian church to the entire church reformed, including the elders, through listening to Apologia Church wow. in Australia. Wow. In Australia. So, so the fact that the dramatic impact that happened in Australia and New Zealand blew my mind. I saw people getting involved in ministry because of Apologia Radio and the resources we have up. So that was a big blessing. But one of the things interesting is that I turned the news on in Australia. This is before Trump got elected. And the, I was in awe of the fact that every channel I flipped to, it was all about our election. I'm like, don't you American, guys have anything going yeah. on in Australia? <laughs> no. That's all they were talking about. I was like, I thought I'd leave America and come and like get a break. It was all about us. Good day, mate. And Let's here talk is about... all they said. Yeah. All they said was, 
Donald Trump has lost. He will not win. They gave all the statistics wow. over and over and over again. They gave wow. all the polls. They said he, there's wow. no way he's going to win. It was all pro-Hillary in Australia and New Zealand, all over the news. A couple days later, I get back. Election happens. Trump annihilates um, Clinton yeah. in the Electoral College. Right? All of the polls bigly. wrong. Compl- bigly. Yeah. Bigly. Yeah. Hey, all the polls are wrong. <laughs> Extremely. And here's, here's what came out of that. So you remember how the, the liberal media was reeling after that? Yeah. They were yeah, like, yeah, how crying, could we have yeah. been so wrong? And here's the truth. The, f- the fact of the matter is you're, you're, you're irrelevant and wrong. Yep. And everybody in this election yep. operated in this essential underground of the internet where they want when they wanted media they got it from independent sources that's that right. they picked that's right when they wanted news they got to podcast to of people that they liked and appreciated yeah. they weren't watching msnbc and and and, and cnn they weren't what they didn't care nobody cared yep. so what killed media in this last election the internet Yep. The free access to everybody's lives. And so with that, the reason I'm bringing that up. Sounds like your Mormon ministry. We, yeah. So the, right. what, what, what's, the reason I, I, I point to that is, is very simple. Christians today have the ability to change the conversation, to control the narrative, to, um, to put out righteous and godly propaganda that can spread the message of the kingdom. We have a, a way to do it, mm. and guess what? No one can stand in our way. The media can't control it any longer. Yeah. Nobody can. I get to reach into the life of a person in South Africa with the gospel and communicate with them at the click of a button, and no one can stop me. Yeah. And that is that. those are tools and resources that Peter didn't have, Paul didn't have. A great example, last thing I'll say to this. Let's assume for a second Pentecost. Pentecost, let's say, let's say that... 3,000 people were saved that day. And let's say that 10% of the audience was saved. Let's say one out of every 10 heard the gospel and believed, right? So only 10%. So think about those numbers, okay? 3,000 people come to Jesus. That was one time, one location, one audience. Mm. And the only way you heard Mm. about it is because it got written down and spread out by media. And that media only got got seen by a select few people who got a copy of it, right? Now, we do stuff today where we go outside the abortion mill and we do a live stream. We just push a button. We live stream the evangelism at the abortion mill and the conflict. 25,000 people on average watch that in one hour. Wow. And we, do, we did a video outside the feminist at the feminist rally recently. We put the video up, and within four hours, 333,000 people watched it. Wow. wow. Four hours around the world. Praise God. In, in, le- in three days, about a million people watched yeah. the video. Now, wow. our ability to communicate today... Our ability to communicate today far, far surpasses what the apostles could have even done. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we've got the same gospel, same spirit, same savior, yeah. Yeah. and we ought to be using these tools. But Christians don't believe that yet. Yeah, Because no. No, if absolutely. they really did, they would hit yeah. that share button all the time, yeah. and they would really use that as a tool yeah. and well, a weapon. And so that's kind of like the challenge now is teaching people. You hit that share button, right? They don't, or you, or you tweet know. that to some new news, or you tweet a video to Huffington Nobody Post. Nobody uses Twitter anymore. Yeah. Well, no, well, yeah, but I mean, well, the news agencies do, but yeah. they're outdated. So yeah. I mean, well, do you think you think uh, to to Jeff's point about um, the world getting worse to tie this all together, where the world is getting better, and a little antidote on that is just imagine if Apostle Paul was standing right here right now with us, and he saw. Millions and millions of Christians throughout the world 
millions and millions of opportunities to evangelize all these Christians. Yeah. Cars around, phones around, computers around. Apostle Paul would be tripping. He'd be tripping. No, no, he'd be I tripping. Think, He's I, like, you know when I, Jesus said, go and disciple the nations, I think he he'd be like, us. wow. No, I think he'd rebuke us. Not at all. Yes, of course he would. He, he would, would know. He know. He knows it's a messy road. No, no. He would he rebuke would, us. He would totally rebuke us. Wrong. He would, why? Dude. Wrong. <laughs> why? Wrong. Why? <laughs> Let me tell you why. He would say, great job on what you've done. And with all the access you have, you still haven't done enough. You have way more than I've had. He would rebuke. Can, yeah, he, he, he would do, exhort. He would, he he would, would exhort that. But dude, he was still saying, "Dude, we hardly, with all the access we have, we still post way more pictures of ourselves than we talk about, mm. than than expressing the gospel and yeah. and, and, our, and what we yeah. do." Yeah, sure. You know, you could look down your Twitter feed and see how yeah. it's full yeah. of what. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? right. It's not so that. It's, it's not, not that, that he wouldn't identify. It's, sin. Not, it's not that he wouldn't say, "Wow, this is an amazing opportunity." I'm not saying he wouldn't say that, but he would say, "You have this, and I had to travel." Yeah. All the time yeah. that it took me to travel, you don't have to go anywhere. You can push a button and, and you don't th- click th- the button. And you don't click yeah. the button. Thousands of miles yeah. by foot. We still have to rebuke yeah. people for not sharing right. a yeah. post that's, yeah. you're, really? Yeah. Well, and here's yeah. the thing, so. because there's fear. There's fear. People like Christians, this is another thing we need to do with social media, is there's fear on the part of Christians where yeah. the culture believes something about abortion, yeah. about politics, right? And people don't want to share content mm-hmm. that that brings us into collision with them because they don't want to be persecuted. They yeah. don't want to get defriended on Facebook. Yeah. Early Christians are being killed for not saying Kaiser Curios, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and uh, that their persecution is, is being wrapped in pitch and tied to a stake and lit on fire by Nero. Their persecution is right. being rounded up in the streets and then stuck through with spears. That was their persecution. Christians today on social media are afraid of being defriended on Don't Facebook. Don't defriend yeah. me. Or, I mean, yeah. it, it actually can go to the point of I've seen friends who've actually lost their jobs for this because they're posting about Christianity. Yeah. Which is like, way to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. If, if God that's took that job from That's a badge of honor. You, that's, that's, not, right. that's not a problem. It's a badge, a badge of, of honor. honor. That's right. All right. Yeah. Before we go, I want to, real quick, what can people do to help Apologia? You guys have a lot of things going on right now that I'm extremely excited about. What is the best way for someone who's listening, how can they support Apologia right now? They can sign up for all access at ApologiaRadio.com. What does that do for Apologia to have them uh, sign up? When, when, you, when you sign up for all access, you uh, pay the bills uh, for the studio. Yeah. Uh, you pay the bills so we can keep making content, keep pumping out content. Keep preaching the gospel. And keep preaching the gospel. Yeah. And so, that I mean, that's the main thing because, you know, like our church doesn't pay for the studio. Right. So a lot of people don't know that, but like our church is only what, 200 Two hundred people, maybe yeah. small church. Yeah, yeah, one hundred fifty of them are small kids, right? Yeah. So praise um, God. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Yeah. No, notice how they include the uh, kids and the member members. Right now, <laughs> but uh, hey, but he's a friendly. Be careful. He's, friendly. <laughs> he's <Okay>. a friendly. <laughs> <laughs> he's a friendly. <laughs> he's a friendly. <laughs> yeah. So so the studio is completely paid by people outside of Apologia Church who fund all access nice. wow. so and then when you when you do that you get the tv show every week you get the radio show you get the audio version of the tv show the academy the nsa lectures that we have up there well yeah, so, i'll put, so le- put legs on it when you when you put 795 and that donation into apologia studios you just helped fund the couple in delaware who now created a an abortion a ministry to the abortion mills in downtown and dover 
uh, who goes there faithfully now and is saving babies. Mm. That's one of dozens of stories. Yeah. And the reason why I'm saying you're funding that is because the reason they're doing it is because they saw the content produced by Apologia Studios that got them involved. Yeah. So, so like real world stuff, you're, you're paying for the video that the person saw who came out of Mormonism and is now in Christ. Yeah. Like that's the real stuff that's happening. And so, um, you know, and this is weird. I mean, the Christians will say, well, why does it cost anything? And my, and my answer is because electricity costs money. This laptop costs money. That $10,000 camera costs money. Yeah. That was $500 a month for the ability to live stream that abortion mill ministry. Yeah. Like, you know, right. that that's costs, right. it costs money. And Marcus needs to eat. Yeah. He, he has to, he, he has to, he, he has to, yeah. <laughs> so we get, we, we, pay we 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 want to honor god's word and pay the person who right. who labors and so it co- it costs money i'm not going to i'm not going to um it's sin and not pay somebody who's working around the clock to yeah. produce this content so people come to christ yeah. um and so it you know it it costs money and here's the thing when when someone says um yeah but i can't afford that but i really i'm blessed by your ministry and i, I use this stuff and i use it all the time but i can't afford 795 a month i i say um i don't believe you yeah, yeah, and I don't mean that in a kind of disrespectful or rude way. I mean, I don't believe you. How many cups of coffee do you buy a month? That's what I was just about to go to. I was going to yeah. say, you know what? Just yeah. take two cups of coffee. Sign up. For, you don't have to sign up for the whole year. That would be great if you could. Yeah, but take two cups of coffee for the next week and put that money aside and just sign up for Apology for three months, three four months. Yeah, and and you know what? If you're not going to be able to have the time to use it, bless it with, for somebody else so they can grow and mature in the Lord Jesus Christ. Right. Find yourself in two positions when it comes to ministry either you're holding ropes for those who are going down to do battle or you're the one going down to do battle yeah and when i find good guys who are going down to do battle i want to make sure my hands are on those ropes well let me just say this too uh maybe people can think more like bigger how are we going to engage the liberal propaganda and liberal narrative and liberal worldview and secular how are we going to do it if we don't have the tools that they have to propagate their worldview we need those tools. We need the same platform. And when you help Apologia Church, you help us to get the message into the, into the, into their uh, right before them. And so we're at, we're I don't know if we can announce it right now, but we're we're doing something right now. I'd say we probably should announce it right now. We're doing something, preparing for something right now that is going to essentially engage engage the media yeah. and unbelieving thought at the same level as like a John Oliver. And all these nighttime talk shows, yep. we're, we have something that works right now that's going to reach as many people and at a, at that kind of level. Be a part of it. What's the, what's the website? ApologiaStudios.com. Yeah. ApologiaStudios.com. Oh, you, Marcus, you said Apology Radio. It's, <laughs> it's either one. Yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to the podcast. It's on iTunes. You guys, be a part of holding some ropes for these brothers and good brothers. Thank yeah. you guys for being a part of the show. Yeah. We love having Thanks you here. Thanks for coming on. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And until next week, go fight, laugh and feast. This is Cross Politics.